Welcome to the Raise with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day with life with Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Mark chapter 2. Mark 2. When Jesus again entered Capernaum some days later, people heard that he was home. So many people were gathered together that there was no more room, not even by the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Some people came to him bringing a paralyzed man carried by four men. Since they could not bring the man to Jesus because of the crowd, they dug through the roof above where he was. When they had made an opening, they lowered the stretcher on which the paralyzed man was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. But there were some experts in the law sitting there and thinking in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak like this? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Jesus immediately knew in his spirit that they were thinking this way within themselves. He asked them, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to tell the paralyzed man your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your stretcher, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your stretcher, and go home. At once the man got up, picked up his stretcher, and went out in front of everyone. So they were all amazed and glorified God. They said, We have never seen anything like this. Jesus went out again by the sea. The whole crowd went to him, and he taught them. As he was passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. Then when Jesus was reclining at a table in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, because many of them were also following him. When the experts in the law and the Pharisees saw that he was eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, they said to his disciples, Why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, he said to them, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. They came and asked Jesus, Why is it that John's disciples and the Pharisees' disciples fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, The friends of the bridegroom cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then on that day they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise otherwise the patch shrinks, the new tears away from the old, and a worse tear is made. No, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will pour out, and the skins will be ruined. Instead, new wine is poured into new wineskins. Once on a Sabbath day, Jesus was passing through the grain fields and his disciples began to pick heads of grain as they walked along. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath day? He replied to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and his companions? He entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except for the priests. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is the word of our God.
One of the things that we note here in the Gospel of Mark is the close identification, almost the uh, synonymous use of the word of Jesus, um, that, you know, the name Jesus, as well as the preaching of the word or the preaching of the gospel, um, that those are almost used um, interchangeably, uh, let's say, interchangeably, where Jesus is identified with his teaching and his where his teaching is there, Jesus is. And that sounds like a very basic point, but it um, it has application for you and me today that we are, are reminded that Jesus is present whenever his word is read, whenever his Christians gather around that word, wherever two or three are gathered together, even for the carrying out of church discipline. There Jesus is to shepherd his flock, to guide his church to build up faith, to convict of sin, and to comfort the sinner. And that is true also in this chapter. This chapter, um, first we're going to look at the first part where we have the, the man lowered down through the ceiling, lowered down through the roof in that kind of thatch-roofed kind of um, kind of a structure. And some of the things that we see here, first of all, this man needed somebody to bring him to Jesus, but they brought him to Jesus because they knew that Jesus would be able to help. And as they are lowering him down, um, Jesus saw their faith. Verse 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Maybe those four men are the believers. We don't know if the man on the cot is the believer or not. Um, but Mark doesn't make note of that man's faith. He makes note of the faith of the friends and that faith of the friends, their confidence in Jesus, their trust in Jesus, moved them to action. And that will come up again when we get to like the book of James, when James talks about the relationship of faith and action, as well as Romans chapter 4, where Paul talks about the relationship between faith and works. You can take a, take a look at those if you are so inclined. And um, if you have any questions about it, you can send them our way to the podcast here. And the other thing, among all the wonderful things that Jesus could do, he's there preaching. And when Jesus saw their faith, he says to this paralyzed man who, who has bed sores, who had, has to be rotated and cared for, you know, almost 24 hours a day. We don't know how long he's been there. We don't know if it was something that came on suddenly, like, like an infection that affected his brain or a stroke, or if it was an accident um, that, that broke his back or something like that. We don't know the circumstances. But what we do know is that he's on this, on this cot. He is on this, um, he's on this carrier, this litter, <laughs> I guess the stretcher is the other word that we have here. When Jesus saw their faith, he doesn't say, get up and walk. He says, son, your sins are forgiven. Do we treasure the forgiveness of sins that much? Here's the convicting part in the text today. Do we treasure the forgiveness of sins so much that even if our ability to walk or fill in the blank, if something were taken from you, would we still take consolation and still take joy in the forgiveness of sins that Jesus has given to us and Jesus distributes to us when he is present through his word? which is every time that his word is read, heard, and remembered. Um, and the, do we take that same comfort and consolation in the distribution of the Lord's Supper as we receive our forgiveness personally and in individually once again? And that proclamation of forgiveness, that proclamation of the kingdom of the gospel, that proclamation of Jesus Christ himself, is exactly what runs into or runs through this entire chapter all the way into the opening verses of chapter three. And it's this this conflict. 
uh, five different disputes here in this chapter between how the religious people of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees, and by religious, um, we, you know, kind of the, the word that we'll define this way is um, a person who wants to make their own legal righteousness before God, and they want to make, make it count before God, and they resist the grace of God, a religious person who is focused on, on working their own way to heaven and at the same time, perfectly content that they are good enough with what they have been doing. We see in this chapter five different conflicts between the religious people of Jesus' day and Christ and his kingdom. The scribes and the Pharisees oppose, um, in this first section, the divine forgiveness that Jesus pronounces. And then after the calling of Levi, they oppose Jesus' fellowship at the table with repentant sinners, he eats with tax collectors and sinners. Doesn't he know what they did? <laughs> uh, thirdly, um, they oppose the bridegroom who brings the, the joy of this new age. Um, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And why is it that, that they fast, but you're, the disciples of Jesus do not fast? And Jesus says, well, the time for rejoicing is here. The, the bridegroom um, has come for his church. The bridegroom is spending time with his people. And then fourthly, uh, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Um, why is it that they're doing work on the Sabbath? They're picking grain heads and rubbing them in their hands and then eating the kernels, the wheat berries that come out. Um, and then finally, the healer saves life on the Sabbath is the last part. And that final part is going to be bleeding over a little bit into chapter 3, where on the Sabbath day, a man with a shriveled hand comes to the synagogue, and Jesus heals him in front of them all, and he restores the man's health. And, um, and that same Sabbath day, here's the contrast. The Pharisees go out plotting to kill Jesus. And so, you know, the disciples aren't allowed to roll grain on the Sabbath, but, um, but the Pharisees are. They're perfectly allowed to go plot to kill Jesus on the Sabbath day. So what do we take from all this, and what do we learn from all this? Uh, first and foremost, that the word of Jesus is our life, that Jesus has promised to be with us through his word and through his sacrament um, in a very gracious way. And when he says that, ch child, <laughs> you, know, you and me, your sin is forgiven, that statement is really, really a statement that God smiles upon you now, and that when you have that blessing um, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. When you have that word from our God based on what he has said in his Bible, then you've got everything that you need. It takes away doubt. It takes away fear. It reminds us that, that nothing in this world is stronger than our Lord, even death itself. Jesus has carried our sin for us. He has risen from the dead for you and for me. Whether this is something new to your ears or not, um, it's still, it's still imperative upon us to treasure the proclaiming of the Word of God, whether it's here in a podcast or sitting at your kitchen table, gathering together with a couple of Christian friends, um, tuning in for worship, or showing up for worship. All of those places are places where Jesus meets his people, where the bridegroom brings joy to his people, the joy of the forgiveness of sins. And so as you go about your day, just keep that in mind, that Jesus has come to bring joy to you, the joy of forgiveness, life, and salvation. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Um, if you have any questions, um, or particularly looking for the thorny questions that, you, that you've been thinking about for a long time, or that you feel uncomfortable asking elsewhere, uh, please send those into the podcast, and those will be part of our next Saturday series on Questions People Ask. 
And also be sure to tune in for our Saturday feature, Thirsty, featuring Pastor Layton and Pastor Zarling. God bless your day.